Welcome, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. In studio, we have a voice that you will recognize from past episodes of The Richard Krause Show. Kim Dion is an award-winning television host and Canadian media personality who became a registered holistic nutritionist after following her passion for healthy eating. Equipped with a science-based education in nutrition and honors degree in journalism, as well as a 15-year broadcast career, she's become a recognized healthy living expert who inspires people to eat more real food and but that's from your website please <laughs> so, enjoy somehow when you say it all of a sudden i just feel so much better about myself i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> thank you well tell me what a nutritionist or like a holistic nutritionist does oh well you know the thing that really attracted me to holistic nutrition besides the fact that i changed my diet and, and healed some things just through eating natural foods the, the holistic aspect of it excuse me i have to clear my throat because mm-hmm. um I need more water, which I have right here. Um, But the holistic aspect of it is really taking into account all parts of what make you a human. And and everything is a piece of the puzzle that fits into your overall sort of health picture, if you want to say. But it's not just what you eat. And I think for me, that is such an important component of following this path because it's it's what you think, who you surround yourself Mm -hmm. with. How do you manage stress? Are you joyful? Uh, You know, what's your... A lot of people don't understand spirituality. So, you know, I poo-pooed that for a long time. I was spirit- it, it was too, like, sort of ethereal, didn't really make yeah. sense to me. But now that I understand it better, you know, your spiritual side, your emotional side, and even down to things like how often are you getting outside, it, it all comprises this puzzle of, like, how well we function in this world while we have the time that we have. It is interesting because I would have poo-pooed that as well <laughs> until I got ill, until I got cancer. And then I started thinking about... Uh, stress and what uh, a cause of of ill stress can be in your life if you allow it to be. I work in a business that always has a deadline. I've always got somewhere to be. I've always got something to write. I've always got, and I would get myself worked up about it. And then one day I got myself worked up about it right into the hospital. And I realized uh, that there had to be a connection. We don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that's what it was. Right. And I think like, you know, there's so much of us right now that just wants to look at a, a black and white study and, mm-hmm. and see the evidence and see we really, really want that. But then, you know, your experience is, is great proof of that. We have an intuition about, you know, how we got to where we are and stress likely was a huge part of it. And I mean, there are many, many research papers and and, and studies around the stress connection and disease for sure. So mm-hmm. you've got the black and white stuff to prove it. <laughs> but even without that, you know, don't we know that when we're stressed, we feel like crap? I mean, you, you can feel your body reacting to it. So it's in your head. It's in your mind. But your body has physical symptoms. You know, you got like, you know, whether you get tingly hands or you flush in the face or all these things are happening. Um, so that's just perfect proof of the mind-body connection, right? And that's I'm speaking with Kim Dion. You can find out more about Kim at KimDion.com. Growing up, you were like you. Or like me, you grew up in Nova Scotia. Yes. And uh, you were, as it says on your website here, a fussy eater as a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, You ate Chef Boyardee, Kraft Dinner, lots of meat and potatoes, and that was about it. Then you changed your diet. So tell me a little bit about growing up, because I grew up down there as well, and there were sort of limited, I mean, during the summer you could get anything, because there were farms that had, you know, fresh vegetables and that kind of thing. Beyond that, though, it was tougher to get stuff. It's different now. But even if if that stuff was available to me, I was not interested in it. I think I really um, developed, whether you want to call them food addictions, but I certainly changed my palate to only like 
processed foods, right. super salty, um, you know, lots of sugar, all that stuff. And that's what happens, right? Because it's sort of like this vicious cycle. You start on it when you're younger and then that's all you actually like the taste of. So I would literally be at the table. My like, It's not like my parents didn't try to get me to eat my broccoli. They did. And it was horrendous and traumatic. I mean, honestly, that sounds so overblown, but there would be nights where I'd be at the table for like two hours right. trying to force this broccoli. Like you can't leave until all the vegetables You've are gone. you got to stay yeah. here. Yeah. And it was so bitter. <laughs> to me and it was just so awful. So that was like the first 20 years of my life. I really, and I didn't cook and I didn't do any of those things. And, and, uh, I don't know if, I don't think it's a product of where we're from. Although yes, for sure, you know, uh, in the East coast, there are multitude of health issues. Uh, I think per capita, it's mm -hmm. not a great place, uh, for health, unfortunately. Yeah. And obesity there's obesity tends to be obesity, one of them. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of diabetes. Um, it's, it's really, so there's a lot of reasons for that, but, um, just from my own perspective, I just liked the junk food and getting off of it was just a matter of changing my mind for whatever. Well, I started actually to be totally honest, because I feel like this is the, yeah. the, the purpose of today is to be really authentic and honest. I started a TV job, my first TV job when I was 20. And it was the first time I saw myself on camera and that whole thing, the camera adds 10 pounds. And mm -hmm. we just live in such a crazy society where as a woman, you go, oh, I can't, be, I can't be 10 pounds heavier. And I've never <laughs> been a heavy person. So right. the fact that that really played on this neuroses, and made me go, okay, maybe I should not eat chocolate bars before I go to bed. Maybe I shouldn't eat so much of this junk food. That was the beginning. I mean, that was a long time ago. And it's such an evolution. It's still happening. Well, well, we'll get to the evolution a little bit. But for people out there right now who are listening who say, yeah, I eat chocolate bars before I go to bed. I love potato chips. I like all that stuff. How do you do it? Because um, I eat sugar, not that much, frankly. Uh, yeah. you know, But I do. But I've heard that people who quit, you get headaches. It's like anything else. It, it, it As it leaves your system, you kind of have withdrawal. Was that your case? Well, I'm not an extreme person, so I still mm. eat sugar sometimes now, too. Right. So it's not I, I've never, I'm not one of those people in, you know, that extreme echelon at the top who gave everything up, right. totally reinvented my life overnight, and here I am today. No. This has yeah. been happening for decades. So I think that's really a big message that I want to put out there is, like, there is really for me, no quick fix. For me, it's like, get rid of a little bit of it. Don't do it all at once. You know, like, just kind of wean off of it. So it's been happening for so long. Yes, I've done, you know, like a cleanse or I, I've gone pretty strict. Um, a couple of, actually, I don't know how long ago it was now, I completely gave up dairy and gluten and uh, did that for quite some time. Right. And so, yeah, I had those symptoms. You get headaches, you get lethargic because the toxins are, are mm -hmm. leaving your body. That's just what's happening. And so they're coming out any way they can. And that makes us feel like crap. So I went through that. I did go through that because I was really sick at the time. And I think that's a thing, right? We always need to be really sick mm -hmm. to take care of ourselves, which is such a... Well, you were saying that the only vegetable that you really liked growing <laughs> up was corn yeah. and you were sick a lot. A lot. And was it dietary, do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dietary and stress. I mean, I think like you talk about stress and, and stress can be your job. It can be yep. your family situation. It can be, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself in school to be perfect. I've, I, I've had this perfection complex my whole life and we're not going to get into the psychology of like why that started. Or we, we won't, but we're going to get into that a little bit yeah, later on. About how it, it hurts us. Yeah. For sure. So a lot of people have this need for perfection. So I put a lot of pressure on myself on school at school and I was eating terribly. Um, so for sure, no question to me, it was diet and lifestyle, all of it. Because when I stopped, when I had that sort of low point where I'm like, I can't function, I'm sick all the time. Um, I changed what I was eating. 
I, I was reading a lot of the time too, you know, books on neuroplasticity and our, the, the power that we have to change our thoughts and belief and, and how that impacts our cells, you know. So I was sort of going through this whole thing and it worked. So I have no doubt in my mind that those illnesses were directly related to that. It's interesting though. I think you've always had a, an, an interest or a fascination with that kind of stuff. You were over at my house one time when I got a port. When you get chemo often to stop your veins from collapsing, they will put a port in your chest mm -hmm. or it can be, I suppose, almost anywhere. It's like a pin cushion that they put the, the giant saber-like needle in. And most people that I told, I didn't tell a lot of people, but most people that I told when, oh, you got a port, well, I hope that works out for you. Your reaction was, can I see it? Do you mind if I touch it? Yeah. <laughs> and it was very, very, you're very interested in how the body works and, and what happens. Uh, and I think why is not everybody else? To me, I know we all get kind of caught up in our own like belief systems, but in my mind, I'm like, we all have a body. It's mm -hmm. one It's one of the things we all have in common. And it's the most important thing. It needs to be functioning properly in order for you to have good relationships. Like, yeah. every, you know, love is really important. And, and again, sorry if it gets confusing, but in my mind, it's all jumbled up in one because holistic, that idea is... What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it like your idea of what being a loving person is? It's, is it self-care that makes you healthy? Right. That's a whole other philosophical discussion. But at the end of the day, if your body is not healthy, you don't have the capacity to have fulfilling anything. So why shouldn't we all be so fascinated by our own bodies? <laughs> like, do you, you know... Where is your liver? Do you know? Do you know how big it is? Like, well, how? How? Where is your pancreas in relation to that? Don't you think that's so? And what does it do? And what does it do? And everyone, you know, talks about insulin and and glucose, but you you don't really know the the mechanism of how that works. And and once you start finding it out, then you have these light bulb moments where you go, oh, oh, that's why that happened, or that. And it, once it starts to make sense to you. I feel like it gives you agency to make changes that you need to make. I'm speaking with Kim Dion. You can find out more about her and uh, find out recipes and all kinds of stuff at your website, kimdion.com. When you quit, and we only have about a minute and a half left here, but when you quit, was it just cold turkey or do you know? No, You're shaking God, your head no not at all. I, mean, I really think it was started back then at that first TV job. I, and it was horrible because I got into the like low fat crappy craze and yeah. but it was started with that at least some level of awareness of what I was putting into my body and then over years it changed and over years it changed and like I said I the dairy thing was I, I went to see a naturopath and was like okay maybe there's some proteins there that I'm not doing well with and that took me five years to even get in to see her first it was drugs and it was right. you know I so it's been a process. I'd never quit anything really cold turkey except for the dairy and gluten that time. I felt amazing. But do I have that stuff now? I do on occasion. I'm not I'm not a like I quit sugar girl. I think it's fantastic that people do that. It's just not me. Well, one of the things that we're going to discuss uh, with Kim as we get a little further on in the conversation is how you don't have to be. 120% in on any of this stuff because people will do that. And I know me, I will, last year I lost a ton of weight and I went hardcore and I, I did it fast. And of course I put it all back on yeah. again because I didn't do it properly, but I did it the way, you know, in my male thinking head, the way I, if I just put my nose to the grindstone, I can do this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really work that way. So mm -hmm. we're going to discuss all that stuff. We also want to discuss the idea of perfection and how that pushes us to places that maybe we don't always really want to go. I'm speaking with Kim Dion. You can find out all about her and the kind of food that she suggests that you would eat. If you want to make an appointment with her, you can do it all at KimDion.com. Stay with us.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. Kim Dion joins me. She is an award-winning television host. She's also a registered holistic nutritionist. You can find out all about her at kimdion.com. There's recipes. There's all sorts of stuff at the website. So we were talking uh, just before the break about your sort of personal journey and how you gave up a lot of stuff, how much better you feel uh, now. But something interesting came out of that. You said, I quit dairy, I quit gluten, but I still have that stuff every now and again. I still have some sugar every now and again. And you're nodding your head because so often when I'm told, well, you can't have this, you can't do this anymore. You think, well, that's it. I will never, ever again enjoy the wonders of gluten in my life. Yeah. Uh, but you're saying that's not necessarily so. Well, and then chances are you will turn your nose up and walk in the other direction and not even bother trying at all. And, and for me, when I started this whole thing as a broadcaster, as, when I started going down this road, of, of trying to teach and educate and inspire people around holistic nutrition, it was so that I can convert the people who would normally like me 20 years ago, right. turn my nose up and go, no way, no how, this is boring, this is awful. I, I don't want to turn people off of this message. I want to turn them on to it. And it is possible and it's achievable, but... My way of doing it is just my way, and my way is moderation and right. balance. And yes, it's easy to say, oh, and that's so great and whatever, but a, a lot of the other messages that are out there in terms of really healing yourself are more extreme. And those are those messages are great and valid for the right people who need to hear them at that time. And I feel like I'm here to talk to the people who just need a little nudge in the right direction to cook more whole foods at home, you know, little steps. So yes, if if I could give up dairy and gluten and sugar for the rest of my life, would I feel better? I'm sure I would. But, but it's just not realistic to me. If I follow your idea of moderation, though, am I only eating mung beans? Of course and, not. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, and that's, I think, also another part of this mission of like where, and we'll get into this mm -hmm. with the Instagram account and, and, right. and, you know, and our social media and the messages we put out there. I feel such a responsibility to make healthy food look amazing because it is amazing and it's so tasty. But most of the time, or not most of the time, but often you'll see health food look dry and bland and boring and mung beanie and Looks that's it. Brown not, and mung, I know, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't have brown, although brown is so amazing. You got to spice it up with some other photos. And so. No, I, I feel like I eat delicious food on it. I feel like what I'm eating is way more delicious than probably what 90% of the other people are eating because I really love to cook and I, you know, I take pride in that. And should it be more vegetable? Yeah, of course. We need our fruits and vegetables. It's so important. There's so much science to prove all of that. And, and you'll just feel better. But do you have to eat mung beans every day? No way. <laughs> and like, and you shouldn't eat something every day, yeah. too. And I think that's another thing that people get stuck in. It's like, okay, I'm eating healthy. I have to have steel cut oats every morning. I have to have this every day. And no, no. Variety. Uh, uh, how much fun are you to go out and eat with? If we go out have to we a restaurant to right now. No, we haven't. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not one of those people. I'm not. I go, I mostly cook at home, but yeah. I do go out. In fact, like on my website, I've get, given a guide to like the restaurants in Toronto that I think are really great because they're supporting local organic whole ingredients and all the rest. But if I go to a restaurant that is not that, like a pizza joint mm -hmm. or something, I'll order a pizza. And in fact, this is the thing. I feel so 
glad just to be here with you and, and sort of get that off my chest and say it because I've developed this social profile online, which is all about supporting the message that I really want to support. But in that, the double-edged sword is that I feel like I need to put a paper bag over my head if I'm making an unhealthy choice. Right. Oh, God, what if somebody sees me? Well, this is how all this came about. <laughs> yes. And so uh, I've known Kim for a long time, and uh, it, we're talking to Kim Dion, just so you know, KimDion.com. Go there. Find out all about her. I've known you for a long time, and we were at a party a few weeks ago, and you were having a glass of wine. I was probably having more than a glass of <laughs> wine, and and uh, you know there was food, there were snacks around. I was shoving some of those in my mouth and stuff, and we were talking about this idea of of how people perceive us versus how uh, we feel. And so uh, we've got about three minutes left in this segment. We're going to start here and we'll carry this on into the next one. Um, You brought up some really interesting ideas of perfection because the idea, I guess, is that because you are a registered holistic nutritionist, God forbid you've ever ever seen with a scone in your hand in public or, you know, drinking a a, a sugary latte somewhere. And so how does that affect you? So tell me, let's start there. Oh, God. Oh, like, do we have hours now? I feel like this is going to be a psychotherapy (laughs) session. Oh, it affects me a lot. And I feel like this this show today with you is a big part of sort of redefining that for me because you kind of – cloister yourself. You get into this this little box where you're going, oh, I can't really move forward because people are going to find out that I'm not perfect. And it's a ridiculous thought. Obviously, we all know that we're not perfect. But yet we live in this culture, which is, you know, our, our highlight reel is on mm-hmm. our Facebook. Our, uh, you have to take 15 pictures to get one thing do. that you'll post on of Facebook course. that's supposed to look casual and, and kind of and tossed effortless. off. And it's not. And, and I do that. And, well, look, a lot of people do. And I've read more and more stories now about girls and young women mm-hmm. who are, are are shedding that, saying, you know what, I, I, I it's too much effort to have this persona online. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I don't want to be this. You know, I took 150 pictures to get this one yeah. that looked like this. And, and it's stressful. And I think that's something that uh, people have to let go of. Right. And I think... You know, I hope anyway, I hope we're just sort of ushering in this this new era of like authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's always been really important to me. And like I said, you know me personally and the people around me know the word that comes to mind is usually authentic. I'm yeah. just kind of like I say what I mean and I and that's who I am. And I connect with people and I share my faults and I share my stories because I feel like that's really the only way to have a genuine connection. Yet I have this media personality that is kind of become the antithesis of that, where I'm like, I have to have this really curated feed in this mm-hmm. to show you how great this lifestyle is. So I can't put in the other stuff in there, too, because I might turn you off and you might unfollow me. And I have, I'm feeling super paralyzed by that. Yeah. And I want it to change. Yeah. I found that we were talking just before we went on air. When I first started broadcasting in my first few radio jobs, I thought that I had to sound like Lloyd Robertson. And I love Lloyd. I love Lloyd. I, I admire what he does, but I am not Lloyd. And I wasn't successful and nothing really happened for me until I shed that, until I let that go and just was myself. And then all of a sudden people thought, oh, well, you know, he's authentic. He's passionate about what he's talking about. He feels real. Right. And, and that 
uh, went a long way to to helping me push through all that other stuff, all the other hard stuff about making that as a career. And also, not all, not only is that hard to try to live up to it, but it's really taking away so much energy from you to do the thing that you need to do yep. because you're spending so much energy pretending to do something else. And I and I feel like with me, even with the entertainment career and these other ways of me trying to find my way and my authentic self, I've been doing this a really long time. Like being in media, mm-hmm. there is some level always of not being 100% authentic. You have to censor yourself a little bit. And we'll come back to that uh, when we come back uh, with Kim Dion. KimDion.com is her website. And stay with us. We're talking about the idea of perfection. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. Kim Dion, you know her from television, ET Canada. What was your cooking show? What was your oh, uh, food Oh, it was called Family show? Cook-Off on the Food Network Canada. Yeah. yeah. And, and lots of other things. Uh, plus, right now, you are a registered holistic nutritionist. Go to KimDion.com. Uh, you can find out all about her. We're talking about something that started as party conversation yeah. while you were drinking wine and I was probably <laughs> having a few beers. I brought organic wine, FYI. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. <laughs> that that amuses no, me a little no, bit. No, no, I don't always drink organic wine. It's true. Uh, but you were saying, you know, just for people who are joining us now, about the idea that after 15 years on television and with a with a pretty curated uh, profile on television. You were always presented. I, I mean, my memory of you on, uh, ET Canada was in gowns. Oh, you no. always wore gowns and high heels and hair uh, piled up on top of I, your head, I all that sort of I thing. I actually was with someone last night who met me since those days and, and was like, really? You, he doesn't know me from those days. Right. And he's like, I don't see that at all. But it was something I was trying on for size and, yeah. you know, no regrets or anything, but it just wasn't me. Yeah. And, and, and it's sort of what was expected of the job and he did the job and, and, and beyond that. Uh, now you're a, a holistic nutritionist and we were talking, you're having some wine, I'm having a beer and we were talking about, my God, if people could see you having a <laughs> glass of wine, what would they think? What would the people that follow you on Instagram, what the, the people that look to you, uh, to you know, get health tips from, what would they think? Right. And I think I said, who cares what they think? Right. Something like that, because uh, you have to kind of just be you, be otherwise you're going to be miserable. And yeah. that sort of has led directly to us being here today. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about perfection. And I don't want to really get too psychoanalytical about this, but why do you think it is that we feel that we have to be perfect because I think all of us underneath it all mm-hmm. know that we, when we look on Instagram and see that perfectly posed picture, yeah. we all know that it's yeah. nonsense. Well, we do. And yet we still we try still and do it do ourselves. It. We still do it. Well, um, I, I think that it's a, a level of, it's a form of control. It's a way for us to exert control over our lives and especially in this really like uncertain mm-hmm. world that we're living in. At least if I can do this perfectly, I have some control over that. I have right. some control over how other people see me. And God forbid, you know, I ever show you that I have weakness or I'm vulnerable in any way because um, you might attack me. Right. And I don't want to be attacked. I just want to belong, right? This is us, yep. the, the sort of universal yep. us. Like, we just want to belong. And I think that trying to look like we're perfect makes us feel like we're belonging to something, <laughs> but it's actually doing the exact opposite. And I find, like you you mentioned, you know, what were what would my followers think? Inevitably, whenever I put a nugget of truth about my real life, people respond really well to yep. it. And it makes me feel good, like I'm on the right path. But I'm not, I still am scared of being vulnerable. Of course I am. Mm -hmm. It's why I don't post a lot of selfies. I'm like, I mean, I, I don't want to put my makeup on. I don't like the way this wrinkle looks or that, or my hair looks like crap. 
uh, I have that. Of course we do. I'm only human. Um, but I want to work towards being more vulnerable in public. Like I, I very much am with you and with my friends, but I think like if that's the change I want to see in people and if you're really vulnerable, I love you instantly. Oh, thank you for sharing your truth. Yep. But I don't want to do it. You know, it's ridiculous. I'm speaking with Kim Dion. You can find out more about her at kimdion.com, all about uh, holistic nutrition, and there's recipes, all kinds of stuff there at the website. Yeah, I agree with you. The vulnerability is a big thing. People don't want to feel vulnerable, although I think that if you look in your life, the people that you kind of like, that you want to hang around right. with, are people that are able to show a gamut of, of uh, uh, feelings, right. and vulnerability is one among them. And they're, and they're real stories, like the mm-hmm. real stuff that they're going through because how can you really actually have a genuine authentic connection with somebody if I don't really know who you are and you're not really sharing with me any of the stuff that you're going through in your life I just know you per like sort of surface level and you know obviously we can't be all things to all people on social media but at least if you put out there sort of the real more stuff that's really happening in your life then we can just begin to have a real conversation. And really, that's the joy of, of digital media and social media. Mm-hmm. It's going this other way, but there is so much um, potential there to really have it connect us in ways that we all are desperate to, to be connected. And how do you think then, because this is kind of your big coming out party right here. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think uh, that you will do this? I mean, is it going to be easy the next time you decide to post something yeah. and take a photograph just to like use the first one that you take? No. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I post mostly food photos, just mm-hmm. FYI. I don't post a lot of selfies because <laughs> I don't like doing it really. Um, but Back to the, okay, so why is my Instagram feed so curated in defense of Kim Dion's Instagram account? (laughs) It's because I am trying to turn people on to this way of eating. So if I show you a really crappy looking smoothie, you'll be like, I don't like you. I don't like that smoothie. I'm not making it. Separated is terrible. (laughs) Exactly. Not doing it. (laughs) So I do uh, try to make the food look really good. And, you know, I, I use I use Facetune. I'm going to come out and say, do you know what Facetune is? It's an app that you can actually edit out your wrinkles, your pimples. All of that stuff. I know nothing about this. Oh, yes. I tell all of my friends about it, yet um, I don't tell anyone that I use it. But, of course, I use it because anyone over the age of 25 typically does use it. And, yes, I'm feeding into this notion of that we all have to be perfect and have no wrinkles and have no pimples. But I'm in it. I'm like, I'm willing to acknowledge at my coming out party here that I am in the machine and I'm working within the rules of the machine. And I'm just trying to do what I can on a daily basis to evolve into a place that I feel really proud about and that I can be most authentic. But your goal, yeah, your goal is to be the most authentic person that you can be as well as helping people. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that was my fear with the whole the wine and, you know, what yeah. if I have a poutine and uh, people will think I can't help them because yeah. I am still having wine and, every, you know. But doesn't that make you, see, my point, I think, that night was, doesn't it make you just more human? That's just yeah. like, you. of course. And if, you know, if my holistic nutritionist is doing it, then it's okay if I do it every day. Right. I think these have been my more light bulb moments when people like you and when I bring this stuff up because there's so much energy to not talk about this stuff because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to come out saying, yeah, it's not always like roses and chia pudding. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, (laughs) I am so afraid to talk about it. But the minute I start engaging people in that conversation, that's what they say. And then more and more over the last few months, I've been having these sort of... uh, little mini epiphanies around what it is that I need to be doing and putting out there and the messages I need to be putting out there. And that is simply to, yeah, be human. What is wrong with being human? I mean, I'm not 
I'm certainly not perfect. Um, my food is certainly not perfect. I try really hard most times. And sometimes it is uh, an effort. Like sometimes I don't even want to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's real. And so when you say, so you're a human, do, does, that makes me feel better. The minute you say that makes me feel better, I go, oh, my God, okay, this is what I need to, to be doing. Because not only does it make you feel better, but now I feel better. And so it's a win-win situation. And you'll be better at your job. Right. Which is uh, what I think all this sort of is circling back to. Because it's interesting now, because the job in this digital age that we live in mm-hmm. is there's so many components to it. There is the, 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 the actual work, yeah. eat chia pudding and don't eat sugar. There's that part <laughs> of the job. Right. And then there's, you know, you have to get your word out there. So there is Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all those things that you have to do just to, just to be heard yeah. above the fray, just to cut through the noise. Right. And, and it's so hard to cut through the noise. And, you know, it's not like I need to have the biggest following of all times. Mm-hmm. I just want the people that are on this journey with me to 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 be engaged with it and to tell their truth and to say, you know, it's, it's hard. And, and I just I think that's the big thing I'm coming around to is like if I could admit that I'm not perfect and then other people can be, gravitate towards my message, I could ultimately do more good out there in the world um, than I could if I was just sort of playing by these really rigid rules of um, cure, like ultimate curation and what do I look like and but I don't know Richard honestly like today will I go and take a selfie of myself talking to you and tweak it a bit and increase the brightness and stick a filter on it probably but maybe in like five months I'm not going to be doing that I don't know I'm just human I have flaws well it's like a, it's, it's it's a progress what you're saying kind of reminds me of a lot of teen movies it's like the mean girls at school that they they show later on that they've got a heart <laughs> They've what? got a soul. They've Wait got a heart. You're not a mean girl. They're perfect. The girls that have to be perfect at school in these in these movies. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking with Kim Dion. You can find out all about Kim at kimdion.com. We're talking about sort of the idea of perfection. We're talking about uh, letting that go. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about um, how you can lead the healthiest kind of life that you can. Let's talk about foods that people should eat. We've mentioned chia seeds. I don't have any. Actually, you know what? I think we do have some. Perfect. But yeah, but uh, but there's 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 lots of things uh, that are easy to do, I think, that, yeah. that people could really benefit from hearing from mm-hmm. you. So when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Kim Dion. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krauss. Kim Dion is a television host. Uh, you are the curator of an Instagram feed. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Also, a holistic nutritionist. Um, that is your latest career. And uh, one that we've spent uh, some time talking about already here, and I think in a really interesting way, because I think one of the things that people have to let go is this idea that it's all or nothing. Yes. Oh, preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you don't have to eat chia pudding every yes. single day, uh, but every second day. Right. You well, know? I mean, or just take, or, the, take the rules right off of it yeah. and just aim for mostly good. Yeah. Uh, and just try not to give you – there's so many rules in life, isn't there? And it's like, oh. Well, it's so complicated. And frankly, going to the grocery store sometimes for me is an overwhelming experience. When I start really looking at the ingredients that are in things, uh, at the calorie counts and stuff, I think I don't know what anything means anymore. Oh. And you hear, you know, there's this many calories per teaspoon. I don't know what that – like um, I don't really know what any of that stuff – intentionally to yeah. confuse you. Yeah. It's supposed to confuse you. Well, that's why I think a really easy rule is to just stay away as much as you can 
from packages that have ingredients on them. I mean, obviously, right. that's not realistic. You're going to do that. But look for the minimal amount of ingredients, Whole Foods, and then you don't have to read all that other well, stuff. Well, that's what they say. Like, that stuff's all in the middle of the store, right? Isn't yeah. Don't they say you shop around the outside of the grocery yeah, store? That's the, where the vegetables the are. That's the where, fresh yeah. stuff. Yeah, they're saying the, the center aisles are under, under siege. They're under attack, <laughs> which is good. But, I mean, I know that, you know, you would get busy and maybe you need to go and, and buy something that's in a package. And yep. I get it, but... Um, it's like let's take the math and this hor- like this thinking away from it and, and really just have a reconnection with food and cooking. And I and it's hard because in this day and age everyone is so busy. We're busier than we ever have before yep. been before. Um, so you say, okay, now get into the kitchen and cook and with real ingredients and don't just put that like prepackaged lasagna in the oven and you're going, well, I don't have very much time. I get it. So it does for sure. It requires a little bit more effort and some education, which is where I come in, but I want it to be easy. Is cooking one day a week for the week a good idea? I mean, bulk batch cooking. Yeah, that is a great idea. I don't know if you can necessarily get all of your meals covered in one. And do you really want to eat the same veggie chili day in and day out? No, probably not. So for me, me, I usually plan out about three meals. Um, I'll make something that can sustain itself um, through Monday to Friday, like anything, even if it's roasted vegetables and some rice. And as long as you have greens and blah, 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 you stick it all together. It takes literally like two minutes to make a salad that has all of the things you need in it. And then maybe you cook again on on Wednesday night or maybe again on Saturday. But you you have to cook. There's no getting around it. You do have to cook. Are bagged salads a bad idea? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask an environmentalist... (laughs) Right. The plastic, right? Um, but you from know, a nutritionist from point a of nutritional view. point of view, if you're eating green stuff, if you're eating vegetables, that's a step in the right direction. So yes, I think, and yeah, I I buy uh, those boxed washed greens. Yeah, you know, not always, and I have you know I get my organic uh, CSA box delivery, and I you know you do a little bit of everything. You do right. what you can with the resources and the time that you have, but not like shunning it and going, I just can't do any. Of, that's the exact opposite of what I want people to know is like you can actually do this, and it can be relatively simple um, and you don't need to be extreme because extreme always fails right it always fails absolutely it does now and, and, and I can tell you from personal experience uh, organic food yes. do we need to go to the organic aisle? Well, yes. Yes, we do. There's yeah. a lot of reasons for it. But it, you do what you can, again, within your parameters mm-hmm. and your budget. And, you know, there's the whole clean 15, dirty dozen. There's stuff that's a little bit more contaminated right. with pesticides and whatnot um, than others. But overall, like for me, just a philosophy on life, it's like the way organic produce is farmed is kinder to the earth and it's right. kinder to the farmers and it's kinder to the soil that we're losing at an alarming rate. And when that's gone, we'll realize, you know, I love that saying. It's like then when the trees are burned down and the oceans, yeah, yeah, have, you know, yeah. we can't eat money. Yeah. The soil is really important and organic farming practices, it, it, it's just not only helpful for the environment and the world we live in, but the food, uh, it has been proven to have more antioxidants. It's like it is better for you and you're not getting that level of pesticides. I mean, I could go on. I don't want to stand on the soapbox, but honestly, you go, oh, what's a, what's a few pesticides here and there? But it's the culmination of all of these different um, synthetic man-made chemicals that all, all of a sudden you have hundreds of them in your body and they work synergistically and they do things that we don't know. We don't even know what they do in those crazy combinations. So if you can stay away from it, stay away from it. It's not the end of the world if you're not getting everything yep. organic. It's again, it's like you do what you can, be aware of why people are saying it. Um, and uh, make little baby steps towards buying more organic if you can. Are all GMOs bad? Oh, wow. I didn't realize this was going to be so controversial. I don't know. No, no, I'm, I'm just throwing things <laughs> out there. Because Hillary Clinton, I believe, Clinton made a speech saying, no, it was uh, Obama actually made a right. speech saying, you know, 
let's have a look at what they all are. Mm-hmm. You know, some probably not so great for us. Others may be okay and can help us feed people. Well, I don't really buy that argument, but let's go back to are they all yeah. bad? Because right now we have so much food to feed people, but most of it is going into the trash, yep. right? Which is a horrible, horrible uh, tragedy that's happening in the world. But GMOs, we don't know enough about GMOs. I think that's really when people are going out and advocating against uh, GMOs or labeling laws or whatever. It's really simply because we don't know enough and we're being human guinea pigs. Right. So it's like you don't know what it actually is going to do. And there's been plenty of research to show some adverse effects in the human body and in animal bodies. But if we don't know, why are we consuming it? Shouldn't we just wait? The, the burden of proof should be on that it's safe. And that's not currently the way that it's happening. So I think that's really the thing with GMOs. So um, I stay away from them at, at any cost. Random questions coming at you fast and furious. <laughs> uh, what's the most important meal of the day? Is it breakfast? I, I oh God, here I am waffling. Like I don't, I I don't think that you should assign the most important right. meal of the day because well, I just say that because everyone most important meal I of the day gets everything it. going. It yeah. is important, and I am a big proponent of eating breakfast and eating a good breakfast to get your brain working and to make you feel satisfied. There is a whole new, you know, not not, not new, but you know, people who are fasting through breakfast mm-hmm. and they're not on purpose. Like you know, this is in, in the health food circles. Don't eat breakfast, and it does things for your insulin levels and whatnot. I believe that breakfast is very important. But a balanced breakfast, not a muffin and a coffee, um, which, I mean, and trust me, I did that for years. It's like a tea and a bagel (laughs) or whatever. But um, I feel so much better when I have a smoothie in the morning that covers all the bases and has the healthy fats and the proteins because then my brain functions. I'm not starving by 1030. You know, that sort of. So breakfast is super important, but so is lunch and so is dinner. (laughs) They're all important. Three meals a day or like five little meals? I would say portion control is incredibly important. So what you might think of three square meals a day is probably too much food. Right. Um, a lot of people just keep going. So our so plates are too big. Right. Our plates are too big. Yeah. Our appetites are too big because we've we've stretched our stretch receptors right. in our stomach. We we you know all sorts of things are happening with our current food society. But I believe in snacking in between meals to balance blood sugar because I think blood sugar is a giant um, problem for a lot of people, whether you're diabetic or not, whether you're pre-diabetic or not. So I do believe in having like a protein, like nuts or, and like in my bag, I have an apple and nuts because right. I know when I leave here, I'm going to be hungry. So I'm not going to want to go and get a scone. After this barrage of questions that I'm throwing <laughs> I at you. I actually love this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kim Dion uh, from KimDion.com. If you want more questions to more answers, go there. Uh, what is in your smoothie in the morning then? You Ooh. said you, you said uh, that there's like the proper fats and things. Yes. And so how do you so get important. that in there? Um, well, they change all the time, but essentially there's always greens. I always try to get the greens. So it. A lot. It looks like a lot, but by the time you, you know, puree it, it yep. just it's not that much. Um, and then usually I will add a frozen banana. Uh, some people poo-poo that idea. I like the banana or Instead an avocado. Instead of ice cubes, just to sort of it, to make give it creamy, it, some, it gives yeah. it sweetness too. If yeah. you're putting a lot of like romaine lettuce or spinach in there, it can be bitter. So you know it, it makes it creamy and sweet. And sometimes I'll throw in some berries or a kiwi or a grapefruit or a lemon or an apple. Any, uh, it literally right. puree almost any produce. I'm not really one to put like broccoli and peppers and stuff in there because I that's just not me. I, I think it's great if you can. But so if you get the fruit and the vegetables. It tastes great. And then you have to add um, some sort of healthy fat in order to not spike your blood sugar. So whether that's like almond butter or some sort of nut butter, I put hemp seeds in a lot. I always either put like ground chia seeds or ground flax seeds, which literally these cover all the bases in terms of fiber, healthy fats, which are great for every part of your um, body and, and protein, which keeps you sustained.
So you're not drinking a smoothie and being like a half an hour later being like, where was breakfast? Right, right. That's your breakfast. So it's like loaded with a ton of stuff. And I don't measure anything. I have recipes up on my website because people need recipes to follow, but I don't follow any recipes when I make them at home every day. People tell me that juicing is either great mm. or the worst thing ever because you're kind of taking away part the of the, yeah, the fiber and some of the some of the good stuff that's in the, mm-hmm. the, the, the peel or whatever. Yes, so, it's, but it just goes back to, again, in society, we need to be so extreme, right? It's either right. great or it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, neither yeah. one of those. It's <laughs> like it can serve a purpose. Um, because yes, they do take away the fiber and they take away all that stuff. But if you're getting a lots of vegetable juice, not you know, you're not having orange juice or grapefruit yeah. juice or whatever, but you're having like a cold pressed vegetable juice, because it doesn't have that fiber, those your your stomach doesn't really have to do much to digest it. So you get all of those like antioxidants and phytonutrients and those really powerful plant nutrients delivered pretty much straight into your bloodstream. So if you're looking for that like sort of dose of of uh, nutrients to be delivered quick and fast, then it's good for that, provided that you're having a balanced lifestyle outside of that and a balanced right. meal. I am more of a smoothie person, just personally, because I use it as a meal. Right. So I'm not using it as, a, well, I have it as a snack, but I'm using it more to sustain me. And I feel like over time, you eat a lot of vegetables, you eat a lot of plant matter. Hopefully, you don't you know, need to be supplementing so much. And so the smoothies and juices and stuff are really only useful, though, if you are taking care with the rest of the way you eat. And the rest of the way that you live. Right. Yes, but of course, the rest of the way you eat, you can't yeah. have, you know, a smoothie and then I'm doing just, myself a favor and then eat, a, you know, diet five, coke and your yeah. burgers and whatever. Yeah. No, and it's not just about, it's not just about how you're fueling your body. It's like yeah. well, this sort of statement you're making. I feel like I know it's, I don't mean to sound too political here, but but the statement you're making about the world you want to live in and how right. you want people to be treated and how you want animals to be treated and you know, there's so much more outside of you and your little bubble. I mean, we're all connected and, and okay, here I go. <laughs> but no, but it's like, this is so important to me. And I, I feel like when you can live a life with a little bit more integrity, you are healthier. We've been speaking with Kim Dion. That's all our time. Can you believe oh. it? That's an hour. Kim Dion at KimDion.com. You can go there. There's recipes. You can find all. Are there videos there still? There are videos, all that stuff. It's, if you go to my website, everything's connected. You'll right. see all my social handles. But what I would like to do, call to action, is what, after listening to this, what do people want to see from me? I, right. I play a lot on Instagram so or Facebook. So if you go and find me there and just tell me what you think of the, am I going in the right direction? And Dion is D apostrophe E-O-N. That's how you spell but not on social. It's right. just K-I-M-D-E-O-N, no apostrophe. She wants your feedback. Give it to her. I, I'm curious to see Be what nice. people have to say. <laughs> thanks, Kim. Thanks, Richard. Thanks to Andre on the board and thanks to you for listening.